0: This is the Champion Forum podcast with Jeff Hancher, the forum for leaders, champions and
1: dreamers. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of the Champion Forum. I have been heavily anticipating this day, and I have been very eager to get back in the studio to record this episode. As many of you know, I am a huge advocate of reading and self-improvement. I talk, I've talked about it on a lot of these episodes. You know, I often get asked what books I would recommend for people to read, and I'll also ask other people what they're currently reading because I'm always in a quest for a great new book that maybe I haven't read. To my surprise... Many people, as of late, as I'm talking about what are you reading and so forth, I've heard so many people tell me that they're reading Think and Grow Rich by Napoleon Hill for the very first time. Now, for me, somebody that uh, is reading a lot, this is like the first book you read in in a uh, pursuit of success. It has stood the test of time. And when I hear people tell me that they're reading it for the first time, I'm a little taken back. I applaud them because it's a great book with great principles, Um, but it it, it has taken me back a little bit. But also as of late, I've spoken to a few leaders recently uh, in the past, I would even call it a couple of months that have assigned this book as reading to their team, to their their staff. And when the book comes up in my discussions, with people, whether it's leaders or people just looking to get better, I usually get a lot of questions about the principles in the book and how I've applied them to my own pursuit of success. And this is uh, usually the moment, uh, without fail, that I'll be asked to be their mentor or to become part of their mastermind group. And as much as I would love to mentor everyone and be in dozens of mastermind groups, it's simply not possible. Quite frankly, this is a big reason why I started the podcast. It's why this podcast exists. This is this form of this podcast is a way for me to reach the masses and make the biggest impact that I can with the time that I have allotted. However, since think and grow rich has been such a popular topic lately, I figured I would go big and see if I could get an expert on the subject to join me on a broadcast to unpack some of the key takeaways from this book. So folks, it is my pleasure to introduce to the Champion Forum Studios, Chuck Bellina. I want to tell you a little bit about Chuck. Chuck Bellina is a certified mindset performance coach with the John Maxwell team. He's a a, a known speaker. He's an Amazon number one bestselling author, and he's the president of Results from Thinking, which is a coaching and mentoring company created by Jim Shorkey. You know, I've known Chuck a while, and I can tell you, Chuck's passion is to motivate, educate, and inspire people to have more, do more, and be more in life. He helps people. I've heard him tell me stories uh, many, many times of how he's helped individuals live very authentically and strive towards greater success. And I'm always encouraged when I walk away from a coffee or a lunch uh, with Chuck, but I know in my history with Chuck, how passionate he is about this book and helping others to become better. You know, Chuck works with individuals and teams alike. He's conducted seminars, webinars to groups, businesses, and audience. And he challenges people and their current state of mind. And he helps them to eliminate self-imposed limits or limitations on their beliefs. And he helps create plans to help people achieve greater success. And before deciding to live out his passion for helping others succeed, the great thing is where Chuck and I have some similarities is he had his own success uh, in corporate America, a 23-year background in corporate sales and leadership, as well as military leadership. So you can start to see uh, why Chuck and I gel pretty well. We have a lot of similarities. But Chuck was a decorated Air Force officer. He was part of a very elite team responsible for the security and the control of our nation's nuclear ICBM arsenal. Now, when I think about pressure and I think about stress, uh, it makes an income statement not seem so important when you're dealing with nuclear missiles. And so this guy not only has been in high pressure situations and has seen success through corporate America, sales, but now is out on his own following his true passion. A little bit about Chuck personally. He's been happily married for 27 years to Darlene, has two wonderful adult children and one awesome dog, and enjoys many outdoor activities. Chuck, you are a high-impact leader and coach that is making a huge difference in the lives of many. You've made great deposits, even in my own life. So I truly appreciate you investing time to be on the show, and I want to welcome you to the Champion Forum.
0: Jeff, you leave me speechless here. Um, Thank you so much for the... uh Warm welcome, and I greatly appreciate you having me on today. I'm excited to t- uh, have this conversation with you, especially about an awesome book that people really need to pick up and read. Especially if they've done it before, they need to do it again. Uh, I- I'm excited to have this conversation. I'm, a, I'm I'm thrilled by the work that you're doing and the uh, people that you're reaching with um, with your message. So, thank you for having me.
1: You bet. Well, I'm looking forward to unpacking some of what you do and and diving into this book. Now, I guess to kind of tee this up a little bit with our listeners, so. I guess it's been about five years now that you decided to go from the corporate world to coaching and mentoring. Uh, maybe share with us how that all came about to, and and to kind of tee this up for you, a lot of our uh, listeners, I, I would tell you there's a couple of classes that I know of now we do have many, many people in the corporate world that listen in. We have aspiring leaders, but we also have a segment of people that, Uh, are chasing that entrepreneurial spirit, or sometimes even it's a side hustle. And I think this might speak to some of those people as well. So you go from the corporate world to now what you're doing, which is coaching, mentoring, and making deposits in lives. How did you get from point A to where you are right now? I wish the story started with a plan and uh, an
0: agenda to achieve it. And sometimes that doesn't always work out. And sometimes you're forced to do something that you desire doing, but you never take the initiative to do it. And to your point about people doing side hustles and they're trying to figure out where to go there, um, we'll definitely talk about that. But my story started where I was in medical sales with a very small company and there was only 10 of us in the country and we had to perform. We had to bring a new product to market. And ironically, I walk into a Panera. Jim Rome talks about the day that turned your life around. Mm-hmm. And we all have those days. We oh, all, yeah. you know, my kids, uh, the birth of my kids, uh, the, my wedding day with my wife, these are days that you remember forever. I walked into a Panera, and there was a gentleman sitting in the corner uh, working, and I knew who he was. And I had a choice at that point. i am It's early morning, I'm grabbing my coffee in Danish, hitting the road for a long windshield drive time, but I made the decision, which I try to do. I call him a random act of kindness, and I try to bless someone in any way that I can. So I walked off to him, and I said, Hey, Mr. Shorky, I'm not sure if you know who I am. I'm Chuck Bellina. I live next to your sister. We've met once or twice. And he's like, Oh, I, I know who you are. This is Jim Shorky. So if the name resonates with you, and you're in the western Pennsylvania area, he owns uh, he owned the Jim Shorky Family Auto Group. He built the uh, business to where it's at now. And... um I thought nothing of it. I was just being kind. I wanted to be respectful, polite, professional. We shook hands, I uh, went and grabbed my stuff and he caught me before I walked out and said, hey, do you have a business card? I left the dealership and I'm starting something new and I want to introduce it to you. Long story short, this goes back uh, five years where he explains to me that he took one failing dealership that was going bankrupt and he built it at that point in time to six dealerships strong And he wanted to, his goal in in his journal in 2007, he wrote that one day I'm gonna open up a a coaching and mentoring company and I'm gonna help other people become successful, financially Hmm. successful.
1: So he did do the plan.
0: He did the plan, (laughs) he did. And uh, his story is unique and he didn't wanna do it at first. He had read Think and Grow Rich and that one dealership that was failing was going bankrupt, he knew the book. But he didn't apply the book until his back was against the wall. And there's a lesson there, don't wait till your back's against the wall. So now he wants to teach other people, and he is thriving. And I said no. I said no two times, and then he met me the third time, and he's a car salesman, and he pushed me into it. Um, <laughs> and closer. I said fine. So he wanted to coach me. And I'm thinking, first off, you don't have a clue about medical sales. Y- your industry is so different than mine. You don't know what I deal with, all these things. So we started working together. And over a three-month window, that quarter, I had almost a 300% increase in my sales. Wow. And the biggest thing that I walked away from was it had less to do with everything that I complained about in my industry. And it had everything to do with me. Hmm. And that was a humbling experience. At that point, he said, I'm retired. I'm not looking to work full time. And I want you to partner with me. Hmm. And that was my door to step into a passion that I love doing. I love helping people. And I was able to do it in the uh, medical industry. Sure. But not not like you wanted to. Exactly. I had too many strings on me, too many things that just pressured me, and I was unable to provide tremendous value for the people I work with. I get to do that now. He gave me the gift that I'm able to go out, work with people who want more out of life, and I know we are all capable of having so much more. Uh, we can accomplish so much more, but we, we set these limits in our mind that stop us. And that's our gauge, And the, and I think the gauge yeah. is wrong.
1: And So do you, that's, so do that's you what think, do. like, uh, with your introduction to Jim and what you're doing now, did you have any exposure to the book Think and Grow Rich prior to that? Or was it really you took a deeper dive into it once you started becoming more familiar with it and it became part of the culture of your life? So I have a
0: master's in counseling I earned when I was in the military, and that is something I wanted to pursue real world with with a uh, with a practice. And it just never panned out right. Uh, So I put that on the back burner. Again, a desire to help people and and get into that industry. I was never introduced to Think and Grow Rich in my entire life by any of my peers, by my father, by no one. And so I'm, I don't know what age I was, 45 at the time.
1: I thought you were 45 now, Chuck. I
0: feel it. (laughs) I feel it. And, uh, but in the last five years, so understand one thing about Think and Grow Rich, Jim, Shorky has read Think and Grow Rich 143 times, cover to cover. Hmm. And he started reading it because Napoleon Hill challenges the reader that you have to read this book three times without stopping. And when you do, you will not put the book down. Well, he took that literally because, again, he's failing in his in- industry. He's failing he went with his all business. In. And he went all in. So he kept reading it. He read it out of fear at first. And then he read it out of belief. 'cause it was working. And then he read it out of knowing because it was producing the results that were claimed in the book and all these other people, these famous successful people identified as if you just follow these principles, you will be successful. And he now just continues to read it because you know what it, it continues to work. And although he's retired, he's focused on his health. He's focused on other areas that he's applying these books to. So the book talks about money. But if you've never if you're fearful of picking up the book because you think it just deals with money and that's not your passion, it says any riches that you want so whether you want uh, a healthy life whether you want uh, relationships that are you know bountiful, uh whatever you want a spiritual life you want to be whole whatever it is these principles truly apply and in more ways than one initially for me it was professional it was my sales right a little later on and we might touch upon it today is my health and my future and and you know but it's helped me with my relationship it's it's a universal book. Uh, I have a strong faith, so I have a primary book that I read uh, that, you know, is, is important to me. This is another book that the principles are simple, but they are a lifelong lesson to learn because we're not trained this way. I wish it was taught yeah. in schools. I really Yeah.
1: Didn't. No, I agree. You know, it was funny. Chi-Chi was telling us that uh, her dad made it— uh, you know, mandatory reading when she was young. And I thought, wow, that is awesome. That is powerful. I was thinking about the, you know, because my kids, uh, I know Jake has read it for sure. I'm not sure if Jacqueline has read it, but it is one of those books, you know, that uh, you want to make sure that it becomes a staple. I always say that um, it's more important of who you are than what you do you know, what you do maybe is read a book because it's the right thing to do. But reading it 145 times, it becomes who you are. Yep. And so I think, you know, right now, if you're listening, I, I'm I'm assuming you're going to fall into one of two camps. You've either read the book uh, or you've heard about it. Yeah. Uh, you may be a small, small percentage of the people out there that have never heard of the book, but you would be the minority. And so some of what we're going to talk about today, you may recollect based off of when you read it, um, but go read it again, and if you've never read it before, we're going to give you a couple cliffhangers, uh, but also hopefully propel you into reading it and open up some of those pages. But one of the things that I wanted to throw at you, Chuck, is, uh, and I guess we'll cut right to the chase with this one, because this is maybe one of the heaviest debated things in the book. Um, it, Napoleon Hill, in the book, he talks about a secret laced within the pages of Think yeah. and Grow Rich. Yep, yep and uh you know there's so many like blogs and youtubers and and all this stuff that debate what is the secret and what could it be especially people that are like staunch followers of Napoleon Hill it can be a heavily debated subject so what's your opinion on this topic and did you find the secret so i'll play a little napoleon hill
0: here and i'll not truly answer your question because i would love <laughs> for your listeners to to Hear us out on what we're what we're going to talk about today, and see if they can discover it. So there's a lot of discussion. Some people some people say that he put it in there just to sell the book. It was a marketing strategy, right? Hey, there's a secret in there. He's Pick done up all book. right with a hundred million. Yeah, copies. I think he did pretty well. I mean, I would like to be his mark. You know, know his marketing person that did that. If that were true, other people say it's whatever you discover in the book that resonates with you. And okay, there's there's truth to that as well. And something, you know, faith may resonate with you stronger or um, the uh, mastermind may resonate with you stronger or desire. Um, And you'll say, that's the secret of the book. Um, I think I know what the secret is. And Napoleon Hill talks about it in other venues and teases you with it. But um, both Jim and I really had a strong discussion on this. And uh, I'm going to hold off to the end. So if you can remember to ask me again, I'll share it at the end. Um, but, uh, I think truly if you understand this and this is the difference, when I talk to people, I said, you got to open your mind's eye because most people are conditioned to believe what they believe and it's called cognitive dissonance. They don't break from it. You look at politics, people will not break from what they've, they've learned. And even if, or, or, or spirituality, whatever, if you present a different view, regardless of fact and validity, they deny it. Hmm. They will not accept it as, as fact. Because yeah. they have, they are so locked into the belief. So open your mind and hear what we have to say. And some of this stuff is going to sound silly. I'm going to be honest with you. You're looking for a secret. And this is not going to be an analytical equation that's going to say, this is how your business improves. Right. This is going to be very low key. Mm-hmm. No smoke and mirrors. This is humbling. Style, a pursuit. And it's on you. And it's not about where you're at. I don't care what industry you're in. This will apply.
1: No, I agree. I mean, the book's done a lot for me personally as well. Many of the people listening know my story and- You know, what's amazing about uh, the concept and concepts within the book is I was applying a lot of the principles before I even read the book. And so that's even more proof that what's in the book is absolutely true because little did I even know, here I am applying the principles because I thought they just made sense. And then I read the book and I'm like, wow, I did these things right. But wow, if I could turn back time to your point earlier. This is what I would have applied differently, and it would have saved me so many headaches.
0: So you were an unconscious competent, a hundred percent. Yeah, hundred percent. And you're doing things
1: because it just felt right. And right. Then once it you made discover, sense to me. It validates everything you've been doing, and, and you can all build the... off of it. Yes. And I think that's what's so great about the book. Now, if you were to, um, if you were to give, well, first off, cliffhanger. Stay with us, because at the end, Chuck's going to reveal what he and Jim feel are the secret to the book. But uh, Chuck, if you were to if you were to give a, an elevator pitch to somebody, uh, trying to convince them why they should read the book and a little bit about it, how how would you summarize the book? And then obviously we'll go into some more questions. But you know, here's Napoleon Hill, a, a guy from you know Podunk, West Virginia, who is uh, solicited by the wealthiest person on the planet at the time. He spends twenty some years, you know, basically writing this book. Tell him a little bit about the background of that book and and why it's become so popular.
0: Absolutely, so Andrew Carnegie is well known and very wealthy and made great success for himself and he understands the basics of these principles and he also has connections with a number of other people uh, throughout the world that have become very successful in their life. So Napoleon Hill approached Andrew Carnegie to do an interview. And at the end of that interview, Andrew Carnegie challenged Napoleon Hill to stick around for a couple more days. So that interview turned into like a two or three day stint and he did. And at the end, Andrew Carnegie challenged Napoleon Hill. He said, Hey, look, I want to, I want to sponsor you in a sense, but he didn't pay him money. He said, this is on your own tab, but I'm going to open doors for you. So you're asking me questions about how I'm successful but you need to go and ask these other people and I'm, I'll give you my business card and you, it'll open doors and you will be able to interview the wealthiest and the most successful and well-known people uh, across America and he did with over 500 people. It took him over 20 years to write the book and um, and he interviewed these people and basically you know, the starting question is how'd you become so successful? And from there it whittled down to, um, the Science of Success, which was original, the original book that Napoleon Hill put out based on the commission of Andrew Carnegie. And then he actually took that 17 principle book down to the 13 steps identified in Think and Grow Rich. And, and, and honestly, it's an easier read. Um, and a lot of people, if they if they think Napoleon Hill or Andrew Carnegie or The Secret, they think of Think and Grow Rich. They don't think of his first book. But he has a number of books that he put out. Uh, another really cool book is, I think I mentioned to you, is Outwitting the Devil. Yeah. And he actually takes this The steps out of this book and the gentleman interviewing the devil challenges the devil to reveal how he is able to influence, not necessarily from the spiritual, just from a reality sense of stripping someone of their self-confidence, self-esteem drive so they do less and less and it's a a really cool concept to listen to and um, from an audio perspective you can read it as well but I listened to it. Uh, Twice. It's a really cool thing. So So that's the background of the book.
1: Yeah. I mean, that's, I mean, think about that, listeners. I mean, you have somebody that had access to the most successful, wealthiest people of the time. You know, I always say that you don't have to be uh, the smartest person in the room, but you should be, you should get around great people. Reading and who you surround yourself with are two things that can change literally who you are. And so one of the great things about books is even though you may never meet an Andrew Carnegie or fill in the blanks, we get to learn what they did. And here are all of these people, and Napoleon Hill summarizes key takeaways, consistencies, arguably from the most successful people to ever walk the earth. And so that's what what you're getting in this book. Now, having been exposed to the book by, by Jim, yourself, uh, who's read the book as many times as he has, and then you reading the book yourself, what's the biggest takeaway from the book for you, Chuck Bellina? What What have you, if you had to say, I've taken, I liked it all, Jeff, but man, this one area, I pulled this out and it was a game changer for me. What is that?
0: So the, the game changer for me was the realization that it's my fault. And what I mean by that is we all have a background. We all have situations that hit us. We all have circumstances that are out of our control. And I get that. I don't care if, if you're growing up and you're exposed to a difficult life. Uh, if, if, if you're, if you're hooked on, uh, drugs or alcohol, if you're fired from your job, if you go through a horrible divorce, um, I get it. Life happens and life isn't easy, but Life is not all difficult, right? Life is hard, but life is not all hard. And my what I had to take on myself, and I did it in the medical field, and I'm, I've been doing it now, and every client I work with, I challenge them. I don't care what's happened to you. I don't care where you've come from. Here's the other cool thing. No matter what struggle you've had in your life, your track record so far is 100%. So that's pretty dang good. You've gotten through every single thing that you've struggled with in your life. And if you're sitting listening to this right now and you're clothed and you're fed and you know maybe you got a coffee in your hand, you have succeeded 100% of your failures. So that's powerful. It's a good point. So it's, it's your fault. I don't care what's happened to you. It's your fault. And when you do that, you empower yourself and you depower the circumstance or the individual in your life that brought that consequence on. And it truly may be your fault. Maybe you had a business and you made some, you know, Jim was driving his business bankrupt. That was his fault. Um, but if it's still in your life today, it's your fault. You empower yourself to do something about it and now you just have to go do it. If you're victimized by the situation, if you're victimized by someone else, I recently spoke to a gentleman who uh, was molested when he was younger and He's a full-blown adult right now, but he still lives in terror of the demon that he perceives that individual to be, that monster. And he also has the mindset, in a way, emotionally connected back to the 12-year-old that he was. Hmm. Well, the reality is this. He's no longer that 12-year-old. Right. That monster is no longer in his life currently. Yeah. He doesn't have to continue to live that way. Right. Now, there's a lot of factors behind that, and I'm not claiming to be a doctor, and I'm not discounting any other approaches to helping someone overcome those traumas, whether it's counseling, um, whether it's uh, medications. But the biggest thing I challenge is that you have to take possession of your mind and you have to direct it to where you want to go. And tomorrow's script is unwritten. It is a blank page. And if you choose to carry forth all those things that have held you down, that's on you. Well said, Chuck.
1: You know, I think another way of packaging that too is, is taking responsibility. mm mm-hmm. You know, my story, you know, I grew up poor. And uh, if you've been listening to this podcast, you know a little bit of my story. Chuck knows my story quite well. But there came a point in time in my life that I had to make a decision that I might have been raised poor, but I wasn't going to die poor. And I think making a mistake once uh, is a learning opportunity. But continuing to make a mistake is a decision. And, you know, at some point, we've got to take responsibility because, you know, there there are times just like, you know, me, I, I was born into a tough situation to no fault of my parents or anything. Look, it was tough. And some of you that are listening, you might have tough situations as well. Maybe you were fired from a job. Maybe uh, a spouse was sick, what, whatever it could be. Um, But if you're listening, and I know a couple of the people that have reached out to me regarding the, you know, the masterminds and mentoring and things like this, they're attracted to me because they know I came from adversity and hardship to push through it to success. And if that's you listening, you have to understand at some point you got to take ownership because if you don't take ownership of your life, you're going to be the person with your head on the pillow validating why you're not winning. Well, I'm not winning because you know, my parents didn't set me up to win. I'm not winning because my spouse left me. I'm not winning because I was uh, molested or abused when I was a child. Look, I am sensitive to those things, 100% sensitive. But at some point, you have to look in the mirror and say, enough is enough, and it's not going to happen anymore. Chuck said it very well. You, you, you control tomorrow. And a lot of it is what happens in your mind. I could have been very validated by saying, "Hey, look, this is my cross to bear." You know, I wasn't. Uh, I wasn't mentored by the finest businessman in the world. You know, they did their best, but we were just trying to make ends meet and just get by. And I could have went on with life because that's how I was molded and that's how I was brought up. But look, you have to understand, especially if you're listening and you live in the United States of America. I mean, there are people making a living on sheer effort alone with very little skill. Stop making excuses. You know, if you get too good at making excuses, you won't have to be good at much else. So I think that's a great point, Chuck. Um, You got to take responsibility. Say, look, it's my fault, and I'm ultimately responsible. I think that's a key takeaway from that book and one that's worth paying for the book itself. Now- Chuck, for, for the listener who hasn't read the book um, or maybe read it a long time ago, uh, 10 years, 15 years ago, they have a business or they lead teams. Um, what, what are the principles that you feel are most important to start with in the book? to improve maybe team performance or improve company culture. We talk a lot about culture on this podcast and how important it is. What are those uh, principles, if you're talking to a leader that's listening now, that they should be pulling out uh, to incorporate into their individual teams or into the culture of their company?
0: Great question. It's interesting. When I talk to companies and try to share what I can offer to their teams, A lot of time, the decision maker controlling the money, they are looking for a tangible outcome. They want a return on investment in a sense of, they can track it, right? So having a background in sales, I'm not claiming to be a sales trainer, but I know that a lot of companies will spend a lot of money for a sales trainer to come in, and that's great. And if your team needs that background and needs that specialized skill, which is one of the principles in the book, awesome where i've been brought into companies is where the owner or ceo or manager says i need to help my team overcome the limits that they have for some reason placed for themselves either individually or as a team and help them so uh, i i had an opportunity to work with a sales team and i was brought in and i applauded i did my presentation to everyone to include the ceo uh, he came in from denver and I applauded him for allowing me the privilege of working with his team and helping them at a personal level and then at a per- professional level to achieve their financial goal, their revenue uh, that they were trying to generate by the end of the year. And because that's unique, that very few, the good ones who get it understand it. And if I if I build up my team members as individuals, I have a stronger team. Well so, said. So one thing would be to make sure that you're in tune with, with the people, your teammates, with who works for you, not just on the performance level, what they're doing, but what's behind the scenes, how their life is going on. Um, you need to form a, form a mastermind, and you have to be willing, and they have to be willing. So definitely you had indicated that you have people coming saying, I'm giving this book to my employees to read. So great. Now get together, and from a mastermind standpoint, identify the vision for the company, but also identify the vision for the individual to make sure it aligns and there's a buy-in on it. Um, A mastermind is, you know, he talks about it in the book and there's a lot to it, but if you think of it this way, you put a battery onto a light and you'll get, you'll get light, right? Onto a light bulb and you'll get light. But if I line up 10 D batteries or 20 D batteries and attach a light bulb to it, what happens? Is it that much brighter? So the alignment of all these batteries in tune with an outcome of producing light is exactly what the mastermind concept is. Hmm. So if everyone is in tune with the growth of the company and everyone bought in, if you have, if you have difficulty in a company, you have to address that. If you have uh, a, sort of an under-roaring uh, animosity, you have to address that because people are not happy in that culture. And you talk a lot about culture in your podcast. Um, you have to fix that first. And I tru- truly believe that that's at the leadership level you need to change in order to get the people to buy into what you're doing. Once you get them to buy in, so mastermind is one principle. Imagination is another principle of the book. And oftentimes we dismiss that and people are afraid to share ideas because they're gonna get shut down. Um, People have to be creative. There, There are good people working in a company who have tremendous ideas as to how the end user is using the product or not using it effectively. And they're afraid to share it because they're gonna be scrutinized or told to be quiet. That's not your role. Everyone's a part of producing and if they are bought into the outcome of the company and they feel empowered by it, then they're going to be willing to do it. So definitely the imagination, um, a desire to achieve. So there's another principle, um, faith that you guys can do it. And then the organization, the the actual implementation of a plan, coming up with a plan and running it as a team, as the series of batteries to produce the light, produce the end result that you set out for and thrive and... Um, There's a gentleman who's a business coach out of Australia that really talks a lot about it and it comes from the top down and one of their principles in their company is family. He goes, we have to live it. We meet people where they are and they're very productive but when we see them struggling, we pull them in just like you would pull in your brother or sister and say, what's going on in your world? How can I help you? Let's get you back up on your feet so you can not only thrive in your personal life, you can thrive with what you're passionate about in our business. Um, I know I rambled off a series of, principles out of the book. There's 13 of them, and frankly, every single one of them applies. Right. Um, but you gotta get a team that locks in, mastermind. Yep. You gotta create a desire and use imagination to decide where you're gonna go, and then you gotta put that in an organization organizational fashion to achieve the results.
1: You know, looking at those uh, principles, there's two that I wanna have ba- uh, you know, specific questions to, because I think they're important, but I did wanna touch on organized planning, which is, you know, definitely one of the principles in the book that I took away from and, and why I think organized planning is so important and why, how it's really helped me in my life. And, and to be transparent, like I'm not on here telling you all I got it all figured out and it works well. Um, I can tell you the people that were closest with me, whether it's, you know, people that support what I'm doing, my own family, um, they would tell you that I get running really, really fast doing a lot of different things. And uh, sometimes, you know, where I find fault or even I see it in other organizations as well is that um, we're going a mile wide and an inch deep. And organized planning helps you go a mile deep and an inch wide. And I I said it actually the other day on social media where find out what you're good at and double down on those efforts. Mm -hmm. And sometimes I think that, um, you know, people that are especially people wired like me who that, you know, they want to conquer, they want to just uh, win, uh, they take the hill. I- I'll run so fast, like I could easily open a door and walk through the wall. I'll end up running through three walls before I get there. And uh, I'll get there, but I'll get there bloody and beaten, right? <laughs> and so organized planning has been something that I've, I've tried to be more intentional of. Now, the adverse of organized planning is there's, there's a percentage of you listening today that that's all you do is plan and organized, and you never execute. You know, th- that is a- an adverse problem to my problem, which is you're really good at the planning and the spreadsheets and the pie charts and the laser show and the dog and pony show and everything else, but there's no substance. Somewhere in the middle of that is value, a- value. Yeah. And, and you have to really find what that balance looks like. So organized planning, if you're wired uh, in a high-speed kind of way, I can't stress to you how important it is. Matter of fact, the first time Chuck I was this was brought to me was um, um, through uh, Earl Nightingale's teaching. Yeah. When he talks about you know take time before your day starts and write down your goals for the day, write down your goals for the year, the quarter, whatever it might be, make them tangible, post them somewhere, yes, right? Absolutely. Uh, lead the field. Absolutely. Uh, and organized planning is so important. So I want to challenge you. If that's something you're not doing, it's so important to do. The Champion
0: Forum podcast with Jeff Hancher. Lead. Inspire. Win.